In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. It sounds to me like we have two options. Hear not, fear is your God. Or fear not, here is your God. When we are confronted by setbacks, especially embarrassing setbacks, whether it be our deficiencies or our failings, it's easy to fall deeper into a trap of worry and be concerned about who knows about it, who's noticed, who's saying what about it. Or we can act like a future saint who knows that, well, eventually everybody is going to know everything. So there's no place to hide. The only judgment about which I should be concerned is God's. And God is here. God has not come to ridicule me, to banish me. Christ became incarnate to redeem me and to save me. And he remains nearby to rescue me. So there's nothing to fear because here is our God. The miracle described in this seventh chapter of the Gospel of Mark invites us to ponder. How severe was this man's speech impediment? How profound was his deafness? It was significantly noted when our Lord cured a blind man that he had been blind from birth. It would make sense that if this man had been deaf from birth, he wouldn't have a speech impediment. He wouldn't know words at all. But we don't know. Our Lord cures him by a curious gesture. He spits on his finger and touches his spit that's on his finger to the man's tongue. The fathers of the church, as collected by St. Thomas Aquinas, don't comment on verse 32. They aren't as interested about the question of how long had this man been deaf and how severe was his speech impediment. Rather, they are very interested in the fact that our Lord uses spittle to effect this cure. That is worth attention. Even our Lord's spit communicates his power. Everything of God is sacred. One, as an aside, one tiny little example of this might be when you see the misfortune of of our Lord's body, blood, soul, and divinity dropping to the ground. 
It can happen by accident, but we should always be extra, especially attentive. Most of us have been taught poorly how to receive Holy Communion. Efficiency is a lovely thing, and you'll always notice me asking both lines to come forward, and I'll go back and forth instead of you deciding how to alternate. But efficiency has only limited value because once our Lord is in your hands or once he is approaching you, everything should stop. Every, the, the clock should stop. Everything in your world should revolve around that one mystical moment. And if you are exercising the, the privilege, not the right, but the privilege of receiving our Lord in your hand, then don't move your feet until you pick up our Lord and receive him. And he's inside of you. And then take a step, either a side step or a pivot and a step. Most of us in school were taught to pivot to the side, to get out of the way, and then to receive. And um, uh, we, I've obviously, someone dropped a host yesterday. That's why it's on my heart. Um, when, um, but when our Lord, when when our Lord is that close to you, just let everything stop. Don't don't worry about time, and don't worry about who's behind you. Um, just worry about who's in front of you because the Lord is near. But then if, if our Lord should fall to the ground, then because little particles do fall off of our Lord, and that's why you see our fingers together to keep the particles uh, uh, reverenced, uh, then we will go back and we'll take a damp cloth to that area of the carpet to make sure that every tiny little piece of our Lord's body, blood, soul, and divinity is, uh, is reverenced. Even our Lord's spittle communicates the healing grace to give this man the power of speech and the power of hearing. Imagine, imagine this man's experience. He can't hear anything. He probably has a good idea that whatever noise comes out of his mouth doesn't mean anything because people don't nod knowingly when he talks. They uh, don't understand what, he's, what noises he's making. It's very unlikely that he had the power to read if he were someone of that education and of that um, Class, he, chances are some of the details of that would have come across in the gospel narrative. And so add this layer to your meditation on, on Mark 7. This man could not have known anything about Jesus Christ. He couldn't have known who is, who is this man. What do people say about him? Immediately, that tells me two things. One, just as a human being, he has a trusting soul. He is, he is open to the work of God. He is open to recognizing God, our creator. And also on a practical level, as the sisters give evidence, this man must have been in the company of some very good people. 
Because if, if it's bad people who are taking care of us, we don't trust them. We don't like them touching our arm. We don't like them pushing us and telling us where to go. We become bitter and angry. But when we're being cared for by good people, our hearts are, are, are be able to be docile and trusting. And immediately the man's ears were opened, his speech impediment was removed, and he spoke plainly. Now, if he had been deaf from birth, that is a miracle of all miracles, because he never would have been able to hear a single human word, and all of a sudden he has the power of language. That would be absolutely mind-boggling. The miracle is still mind-boggling. But that is a possibility. It's worth your meditating upon that. The infused knowledge that God can and sometimes does communicate to the human soul and the human mind. What will then happen to us when we confront our blindness, when we confront our deafness? Are we even willing to admit it? Are we willing to admit our deficiencies? Are we willing to admit our, our failures? We usually do when we think people already have noticed them. And I don't mean posting it on Facebook or talking about it to your hundred closest friends, but just simply admitting it in your prayer with God, admitting your failures, admitting your deficiencies. And consider that there, there are powers of the human soul. There are powers that are appropriate to, to the angels and saints in heaven of which you have even no idea. It hasn't even yet to dawn on you the things that your soul is capable of doing, even here on earth. The things that you will be able to see, the things that you will be able to know, the things that you will be able to do by the power of your holy intercession. And so we come before the Lord admitting that there are things that I know I've done wrong and there are things I know I should have done that I didn't do. And I, I am on my knees and humbly before you acknowledging that there is, there is so much more about which I do not even know. Things that you would want me to do if I were holy that you would be able to do like that. Things that you would be able to do through your ministers through your sons and daughters, through your church, through, through the extensions of your body, because every part of your body is holy. We, and, and we give thanks for those who have brought us into your company, for the good people that you've put into our lives who have allowed us to be docile and trusting. And we ask you to, to give us the courage to fear not, to trust that you are here, to open our mouths, and let you be our divine physician. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.